Let's go. Building up to the new season. The clock is ticking until the new season begins. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, the clock is certainly ticking. Just over 24 hours from a massive match for Celtic. And new gaffer Ange Postacoglu says the club has to be sharper and quicker in the transfer market. One thing Celtic have done today is to confirm Callum McGregor as new club captain. And he'll lead them out tomorrow night against Michelin in the second qualifying round, which may or may not lead to the Champions League. Even if Celtic get through that one, we found out today they will play PSV or Galatasaray next, Mark Guidi, but one crisis at a time. <laughs> yes um, what was the question there <laughs> I can't actually remember um, Mitchell and tomorrow night for Celtic yeah. um, and they're just piecing together the squad yeah I mean if, if, if you look at what Celtic have got uh, available it, it's quite bare uh, it will be a concern for, for Ange Postacoglu but I've just got to make the most of it put a team together you know they can they can get a, a fairly strong start in the living um, if injuries are kind to them and if they get you know depending who the two wild card signings might, they might get in the door Um but it's going to be a tough ask, uh, Rob, to get through. And then Galatasaray or PSV Eindhoven, by all accounts, PSV Eindhoven, uh, slight favourites, I would say, on that tie. The analysts have, have, have looked into that and um, probably just make the, the Dutch side um, slight favourites, bearing in mind where they are uh, in terms of pre-season. But as you say, yeah, one hurdle at a time. Don't get carried away because Celtic are against the, the runners-up of the Danish Superliga, it's going to be a tall, tall order to get through. Are you, are you hearing me okay through those headphones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable if you've turned them down, to be honest. Um, yeah, you mentioned that squad uh, named uh, today for the Champions League for this match tomorrow night for the two ties against Michelin. Um, and it is for Celtic. It's Barkas, Bain, Duan and Hazard. So four goalkeepers in it, probably still deciding uh, who's best. Barkas and Bain played a half each on Saturday. Uh, Christopher Julian is named in the squad, uh, still not back from injury. Uh, Taylor, Bolongoli, Urugide, Rolston and Hjelda, midfielders. Uh, Beaton features, uh, there's a lot of thought that he might have featured at the weekend, but he didn't. Uh, but he is in the squad. Beaton, Soro, Rogic, Connell, Shaw, McGregor. Forrest is in. Turnbull, Christie is named in the squad. And Mikey Johnston as well. Uh, Lee Griffiths is uh, back in the old routine. He's in the squad. Ayeti and Edouard, the three strikers. Uh, no Stephen Welsh, but uh, it should be pointed out, just in case uh, you're surprised about that, that, that he can be included on what's called a B list of players who don't need to be registered because of their age and because they've come through the academy, they've come through yeah. the club. So uh, he qualifies there. Uh, and um, Adam Montgomery qualifies as well. Uh, yeah. And I was commentating on the game on Saturday against Preston and, and he was one that certainly caught my eye, Mark. Yeah, I mean, Adam Montgomery may well get a start, you know, depending on the, the situation with um, with Mikey Johnson or if, um, if uh, Abada, who's not been registered yet, but again, we'll just wait and see in case any new players come in, what they decide um, to do there with the new signing from Israel, three and a half million pounds. I think a starting 11, Rob, I don't think it'll be too far away. I think Barkas will get the nod to be in goals. Back four, Ralston, Wells, Yurihide and Taylor, uh, holding two of McGregor, the new captain, and Sorrow. Uh, I think they'll throw Forrest um, right in uh, with Turnbull and then either Montgomery or, or, or Johnston, um, potentially a, a bad in, in the mix too, and then Edward um, up front, and that would leave you um, a bench, you know, along the lines of Roger, Sajeti, 
Um, Hjelda might might be in the reckoning for, for, a, for a starting place. He'd, he'd really uh, some good performances up at Ross County um, last season. And uh, Liam Shaw, by all accounts, has, has caught the eye, um, Rob, of one or two people in, inside the club. They've been very impressed um, with him. So he could go into a, a holding uh, midfield role. So um, I'm sure the manager would like to have two or three better options, particularly up front. You know, you were at the game, but mm. all accounts, you know, Edward, you know, didn't look, you know, too interested as if he needed a wee bit of a shake. Um, so the striking position, and bear in mind Lee Griffiths is back in the squad, but he's missed, you know, 10 days or so uh, of being with the team. A jetty, I just don't think it's going to happen for a jetty. So I, yeah, um, I was scoring d- I, goals tomorrow night could be a big problem. I was really disappointed in, in a yeti. I mean, he's getting opportunities. He has scored a couple of goals in, in pre-season, but um, I mean, he wasn't getting much supply against Preston, but I just got the feeling he, he wasn't that interested in going looking for it to get involved in the game. And then then eventually he was hooked and uh, an Odson Edward came on uh, for the last little bit of the game. This was uh, Ange Postecoglou uh, talking about that uh, game against Preston. Um, they lost out by goal to nil. It wasn't a great game for us. We, uh, we didn't start well and, and sort of lost a bit of belief. And we just kind of struggled through the whole game. And to be fair to the players, you know, we've, we've been working hard at training. So, yeah, I think... That element of fatigue hasn't helped uh, in the preparation, but um, yeah, we, we, we could have been better. That was a, a clip from the, the Celtic TV, TV interview. I also I interviewed him uh, pretty much in post-match as well um, for Premier Sports, and, and I just found his whole demeanour, um, maybe not surprising, but but I just found him quite pretty downbeat, pretty worried. I mean, yeah. I actually, one of the questions I asked him, are you worried about Tuesday? Because he seemed it, and and maybe understandably so. Um, I think he's been taken aback at what's not been happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one thing there. He did sound um, kind of flat. Um, I've always think he's, he's, he's generally um, upbeat, but the bottom line is now, uh, it's, well, then it was like three or four days until the tie. We're now 24 hours away uh, from the tie. And... Um, he knows that it's an important game. Yeah, it's his first one at Celtic Park in terms of a competitive nature. There's 9,000 fans inside the stadium tomorrow night and he's not going in with a starting lineup that really would be uh, in an ideal world of, of his choosing, Rob. But it is what it is. The signings have been a little slow to arrive, but they're getting there now. But um, it's one of those ones where the Champions League, whether Celtic get through uh, against Beetleland or not, I don't think they will. But if they do, I think even progressing, it's just going to be too much for them in the next five or six weeks to get through all the stages to get into the Champions League. It's all about assembling a squad and getting things right for the title challenge. It starts on July the 31st, away to Hearts. And yes, of course, European football is important. You want to be at the Champions League for the kudos, not to mention the financial benefits, more than £30 million. But I think it's just it's unrealistic for Celtic um, this summer. I'd be very surprised if they get in the Champions League, but it's, but it's assembling a squad, getting guys out the door that don't want to be there and getting your new ones in, embedding them in together as quickly as possible into the manager's way of playing, into his philosophies on the pitch and then uh, getting on with it starting July 31st. I mean, it, w- what, it was an interesting glimpse into the future Saturday because there were a lot of uh, young players involved. Uh, Owen Moffat, I hadn't seen much of him before. He scored in one, uh, one of the pre-season games. Um, Dane Murray, 18, came on in central defence. Quite like the look of him. He's he's tall, he's composed. Um, but but I think the Celtic fans at the moment 
aren't too bothered about the glimpse into the future. They're yeah. they're glimpsing into the here and now of yeah. of, of tomorrow night, and uh, and Celtic need to be ready. And this, he was asked afterwards, Ange, about you know players getting minutes. Um, and the squad was starting to come together. This was his response. Look, uh, I can't fault the players' work rate and, and their, you know, their physical condition is getting better because they're working hard. So, absolutely. I mean, we didn't, you know, thankfully, we didn't get any injuries tonight, which, you know, we, that was a bit of a blow on, on, in the last game. We lost a couple of players. So, yeah, you know, from that perspective, we're, we're building towards you know, a good fitness level. Um, today sort of maybe helped us a little bit towards that, but, you know, we needed more than that. It was great to have some some fans in, uh, Mark. You know, there were a couple of thousand there. There were. It was a bizarre scene, really, because they were scattered all around a sixty thousand capacity stadium. So uh, it was certainly social distancing and a bit more. But what I mean, yes, there was a bit of noise, which was great. There'll be more noise tomorrow night because there are nine thousand. Um, but I guess what was difficult for the players was was trying to capture, almost create for themselves the intensity of a of a serious football match, which they're going to need in twenty four hours time. Yeah, but that's I mean it's proper tomorrow night. And I don't really read too much into pre-season friendlies. Well, I mean, okay, Celtic lost one 0 It's not ideal. They would have preferred to have won one 0 or two or three 0 whatever. But they are where they are, and it's about tomorrow night. It's about um, a Champions League qualifier with a new manager and trying to bed um, a new team together. Like I said, it's not the ideal circumstances for the new manager, but he has to make the most of it. And you're five or six experienced players um, in there you know your, your, your Callum McGregor's James Ford if he starts you know, you've now got to label David Turnbull as an experienced player yeah. now you know Scotland lad he was at the the, the Euros etc and if you know if, if, if Rogic is coming into the the equation too um, they're going to need all those guys to pull together because you've mentioned a couple of young kids and again there's a bit Hayelda could be all Yuri Hidi's not got loads of first team no. um, experience. So yeah, one or two kids is is great. Absolutely, that's the way it's got to be coming through from the academy. But you, you can't have four or five kids, Rob. It's just it's far too many. Celtic need to buy uh, players who are title winning ready. Yeah, that's what they've got to do. If you want to go and win the title, they need to be ready to go and win uh, a title and. Um, the lights are Starfelt and and uh, players like that. They could go and do it. They could go and add, you know, um, some serious, uh, make a serious improvement to to the team. But at the moment, when you look at it, what we think roughly the starting eleven is going to be tomorrow night. You look at that, Rob, and you think, wow, they're a long way off. It's a tall moment. order, isn't it? Yeah. Um, some breaking news: the Scotland defender Grant Hanley has just signed a contract extension with newly promoted Norwich. They're back in the English Premier League, Hanley has signed an extension to his deal, which takes him now through to the summer of 2025. But back to the subject of Celtic in Europe tomorrow night. Let's talk to Regan. Hi, Regan. Uh, uh, Rob, uh, Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Okay. I'm doing well, thanks, Rob, yeah. But, but you're a bit, you're a bit worried about tomorrow night, though, aren't you? Oh, I'm definitely worried, Rob. I, I just feel... I want to ask you, Mark... As a terms of Scott Bain and Barcast, I just don't know what Andrew's doing. He played Barcast for 45 minutes, then he played Bain for 45 minutes. Surely we'd want to play Barcast for the full 90 minutes to get him yeah. playing well. Yeah. Because, Barcast, because Barcast made two great saves on Saturday, Rob. You, he did. You, you, you managed to see the game. Yep. And, uh, and I think Barcast has done well, but I just find it strange why 
Yeah, I just know the the thing for the back end is going to be these man going forward. Yeah, we'll get Mark's thoughts in a sec, but this was this was Ange uh, after match on that very subject. Mark has been good. He's um, you know since I've come in, he's he's been really positive. Yeah, he did well today and made a couple of good saves and and you know dominated his area, which was which was a positive. Barky, uh, ever to be known yeah. as Barky from now on, uh, Vasilis Barkas, and he did. He made a couple of good saves, um, and he, he disappeared at halftime. And maybe that was Ange Postecoglou saying, "Right, you're doing okay for me. I'm going to take you off and just make sure nothing happens." Second half, and Scott Bean came on, or maybe he still doesn't know who his top keeper is. Mark, it, it sounds to me, Rob, as though he. Um what he watched from Barkas in the first 45 minutes was enough to convince him that he's his number one for tomorrow night. He said, that's you. You've got enough under your belt. Let's get Scott Bain on for a run out too. Won't do any harm. So yeah, I'd be surprised if Barkas doesn't start tomorrow night. You know, saying he's, he's you know dominating his box. He's made a couple of saves, which is, which is great. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to it. Um, is Barkas a title-winning goalkeeper? For me, he's not. Now, not unless there's a massive improvement to come and I'm sure that Ange Postacoglu yeah. will speak to, to, to Stevie Woods and take his counsel um, on it. Um, you know, I don't want to rule the guy out um, completely, um, but from the evidence of last season, um, he, he's not he's not good enough for me to go and be a, a title-winning goalkeeper with Celtic. Regan? See, if I was to throw David Marshall, would you say David Marshall would be a good goalkeeper for Celtic? Yeah, if, if there was an option to go and get David Marshall um, just now for for Celtic Regan, then yeah, I, I I would do. I think he's an upgrade on on the, the the goalkeepers that are there at the moment. The name of Fraser Foster's back in the mix, isn't it? There's the, the, yeah, there's talk well. about Celtic going back to him and to Southampton and trying to work some some mm-hmm. sort of deal there. I mean, do, do you read? Can that be taken seriously, Mark? Do you think those stories? I mean, you kind of be all these these things out, Rob. But I'd be surprised if that's back. Um, on the agenda unless you know there's uh, a serious movement in, in terms of the financial outlay that might be involved compared to what it was because you're talking about a title season. winning keeper he is a title oh, winning yes. keeper oh, look, you, you look at Alan McGregor last season the saves that Alan McGregor pulled off for Rangers you know he helped Rangers win the title he helped them um, in games against uh, Celtic Fraser Foster was a title winning goalkeeper um, you know before him it was Craig Gordon was a title winning goalkeeper before that it was Arthur Boric or however it was so you look at it, um, goalkeepers are so important. I think Celtic, as I've said many times, Celtic totally misread the situation last season with the goalkeeper. Um, it was a massive error. Um, Ian letting Craig Gordon go. She'd never even allowed to leave the build. I know that the Fraser Foster one yeah. was more complicated in terms of financial outlay, but still, you look at what Fraser Foster contributed to Celtic last season. Um, and the, Sorry, the season that he played, even in European games as well, Robbie, was absolutely... Um, outstanding uh, but Craig Gordon was an able backup and they didn't get either um, of them and that for me is where the rot set in that's where the signs of complacency from upstairs at the club that we that we started to see and then yeah. you know what happened uh, after that everybody knows You're agreeing with that Regan? Yeah. I just want to ask what do you make of McGregor being the, the new captain of Celtic Mark? I think it's a, a great move by the club and, and great for, for Callum McGregor very loyal of him to to be with Celtic for for as long as he has. He's, he could have gone down the road uh, a couple of times in Celtic would have get big money um, for him. But he's a new captain. He was the obvious choice. He was probably he, was the, he only the, was he the, the only. I was just going to say, Mark, was he the I, only option? Really, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look through it, 
um, Rob, in terms of somebody that could be a captain, you could say James Forrest, but, but is James Forrest a captain? I don't think he's a captain. He's, he's, no. a, he's, he's strong, he's a, a terrific servant, and he's got a lot to give. And also McGregor's um, right in the middle of the pitch. But yeah, Mc, Mc, McGregor's one, and, and um, you know, dangling the captaincy carrot as well would, would take away any thoughts or perhaps looking to go and try something different. Cause he's probably at that age, I think he's 28 now, 29, yeah. 28. Yeah. Um, that you're thinking that if you're if you're going to move, if you're going to go and do something different and, and move to a to a bigger and better league, then now is the time to to do it. But he's had a serious conversations with the club. He's been offered the captaincy, and he's decided to to stay. And uh, he's a terrific football player, um, Rob. You know that yourself. Yeah. And the fact that Celtic have managed to keep him, um, it's one less thing for the manager to yeah. be concerned about. It's it's box ticked. Callum yeah. McGregor staying. He's my captain. Great. Okay, what's next? You move down the list. And I would think, Regan, realistically, um, it strikes me about tomorrow night that that if Celtic can stay in the tie, that's the most important thing. I don't think anyone is looking for a, a massive advantage to take to the second leg. Would you be pretty happy if, if the tie is still alive on the back of tomorrow night, bearing in mind uh, the preparations? No, I think that's so important, Rob, because especially because the squad is so, so young and so inexperienced as well. Rob, I just want to ask you a question. Is it this year that the the Regals will get stopped or the or the next year? Yeah, it is it is a thing of the past from now. So yeah. So that, that isn't a factor. Um and certainly Mark 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 sort of sketched out a team that he thinks could be the the starting eleven uh, tomorrow night. And and it looks like a it looks like a decent team. There's just a, a distinct lack of depth at the moment. That that would be the that would be the worry. Defensively. It's yeah. a concern, yeah. you know. If if me to land, I've got, I've got much about them. Then um, you know, if they can go and you know try and um, exploit um, that, then certainly the the back line, just a lack of experience from the ones that we that we think are going to going to play. Then um, yeah, you know, me to land would probably have a bit of confidence. Regan, good to hear from you. Okay, cheers, Rob. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, cheers, Regan. Guys. All the best. That's Regan on the Go Radio Football Show, looking ahead to Celtic against Michelin, just twenty-four hours away. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Thanks, Chris. Back in twenty minutes with your travel update. Uh, the draws were made today for the well, the next round of a European competition if you followed it and you understood it well you're a better person than I uh, to be honest because it takes a bit of navigation uh, we'll go through that in a sec we're talking Celtic of course in terms of they've named their squad today uh, for these two Champions League qualifiers against Michelin tomorrow night and then the following Wednesday um, and are Celtic ready? Well, I think you know the answer to that one probably. Ange Postecoglou himself is being pretty honest um, about the shape Celtic are in at the moment. So talking about that, we're talking about Rangers drawing 2-2 with Arsenal at the weekend. And of course, worrying news wasn't there about Rangers' summer signing uh, from Bournemouth, Namdi Offobor, uh, the 21 year old after scans picked up an issue with his heart and uh, this was Steven Gerrard afterwards unfortunately something's flagged up on his ECG which is the, the heart tests uh, we've got top medical people here at the club now and um, we check all the players thoroughly from head to toe when they arrive unfortunately there's been a bit of a, a red flag with, with a heart issue so He's going to see some specialists in the coming weeks um, and we need to do more checks and tests before we move him forward, which is disappointing and frustrating, but we'll have to manage and cope. We get very excited about football, but some things override everything. 
uh, and football uh, doesn't become quite so important uh, when you get health issues like this and and this is a real worry um, for a young man that the, the Rangers fans haven't really seen yet Yeah well first and foremost whatever the the issues are that have been flagged up, Rob, that they get to the bottom of them medically. He's going to see specialists and then they, they can address them first and foremost, just for day-to-day living, your normal day-to-day life. And then, um, you know, secondary, it allows him to, to get back to playing football, what he enjoys and, and going to play for Rangers is what he's he's um, going to try and do over the next two or three years. So certainly, um, wish him well. And the good thing is that um, whatever the problem is, it's been found, yeah. Rob, as a chance to go and um, sort it out rather than you know any kind of tragedy um, happening with it not with it being an unknown. So that's a that's a positive uh, out of it. And I'm sure we've, we've known of many instances of um, footballers with um, you know slight heart conditions. You know as soon as you hear heart condition, you you kind of fear the worst and think, oh my. But you know it's it, it can be it can be managed. Uh, but the good thing it's been caught and it's been found and. Uh, Wish Namdi Afoba all the best. Yeah, and look what happened for Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we kind of feared the worst at the time for him, uh, but he's been fitted as a daily blind of the Netherlands has with a with a sort of in-house defibrillator, if you like, uh, which which uh, restarts things if if there is a problem. So yeah, I mean, technology and and science has moved on massively, hasn't it? In that regard, it was uh, Rangers two, Arsenal two uh, at the weekend. Leon Balogun. And Cedric Eaton uh, scored the goals for Rangers. And uh, this was uh, Stephen Gerrard speaking afterwards uh, about the fact that there were fans inside Ibrox. It is unfortunate and frustrating there isn't more, but hopefully in the coming weeks we can build that up. But it was fantastic to hear some noise. Um, you know, this place, I'm sure you'll agree, last year it was strange with no fans in. Just the noise from 2000, you know, can you imagine what it's going to be like at the beginning of the season when we can get it full? Everyone's looking forward to that and craving it. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, an injury for Jermaine Defoe in the course of the game. Of course, he's got coaching responsibilities now, but uh, with some key players still to come back, um, Rangers could be leaning on him as a player as well. I think he's got a little tweak uh, yeah. in his hamstring, so we, we'll check that out in the coming days. Um, hopefully it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. I see him walk off normally when it's a bad hamstring. You know, you don't walk off, so that's a positive. And, um yeah, we just need to get all our main players back in in the mix now and get them up to speed. And once we do, we'll be fine. Those European draws then. Rangers uh, will play Malmo or HJK Helsinki. That's uh, Alfredo Morelos' old team. Um, in the uh, third qualifying round of the Champions League, uh, those games are 3rd or 4th of August and 10th. So uh, even the first leg is still a fortnight away. And it just underlines that, that Rangers have got a bit of time on their side to get things in place uh, for that match. Of course, their kickoff uh, domestically will, will come um, before then. But uh, there is time and, and you can sense that relaxed tone uh, with Steven Gerrard. He knows he's going to get those key players back in. Yeah, it'll be fine. And, and another thing about it is, Rob, you've, you've got a chance to go and scout um, and look at Malmo and look at Helsinki ahead of it because again though it's Rangers first chance in what 10 years to get into the Champions League um, Rob so it's, it's a massive um, four or five weeks coming up for them and uh, you know they want to be as ready as, as possible um, the squad you know looks good um, they've signed one or two new players and um, as you say uh, they kick off on July 31st so they'll have a competitive game under their belt before they, before they play Malmo or Helsinki when they play Livingston um, at Ibrox and unfurl the, the league flag so we've been talking about Celtic the first 20 minutes of the programme how important it's going to be how difficult it's going to be I think the tie whether Rangers get Malmo or Helsinki 
it's uh, more than winnable um, for Rangers but but it's the next tie what that could throw up but again we don't want to get too far ahead mm. long way to go but um, it'll take also for Rangers uh, it'll take an almighty effort to get through the qualifiers and into the Champions League proper but the reward waiting for you is more than £30 million yeah. um, Robin for Rangers um, not having had that kind of money for the, the best part of a decade it'll be um, a fantastic boost to to, uh, to the figures yeah it's a great opportunity having done so well of course uh, reaching the Europa League last 16 in the last couple of seasons and now Stephen Gerrard and his team wants to take a, a step forward he was speaking to Rangers TV on the back of that 2 all draw with Arsenal at the weekend Cedric Eaton scored he came last year during lockdown he hasn't been able to go out of his apartment he hasn't had to have family here it was a real tough year for Cedric and I thought you know he'd come on and he was a real good option for us from the bench and, and when I asked him to start he never let me down and he's come back in pre-season smiling full of energy ready to prove his point and stake a claim and he's certainly doing himself no harm at the moment it just underlines, doesn't it, the squad Rangers have because he's one that it's very easy to forget about because yeah. he he's, he's been kind of surplus to requirements in the last year or so. But when he's come on, he's impressed Stephen Gerrard, obviously, with his attitude. He, he's back, uh, ready to go this time around. He, he's got his goal against Arsenal at the weekend and, and he just adds to that choice. I, I like Teton, um, Rob. I know, you know, they, you know he, he didn't become a sort of regular starter and if you look at the two signings, so this time last year it was um, it was Roof, and it was it was Eaton and probably Kima Roof kind of upstaged him and was clearly ahead of him in the pecking order. So was uh, Alfredo Morelos. But then you know Rangers paid about about three and a half million quid, four million quid for for Roof. Um, whereas Cedric Eaton, I think he was almost more of a kind of long term uh, plan for him. I don't think they were expecting him to come in and you know absolutely rip it up. Um, so he's, he's found his feet. He's, he's a young player, different kind of player. I think he certainly adds something to the to the Rangers team, and um, I think he'll he'll do well for them this season. He did come in once or twice in, in Europe last season, and actually uh, did pretty well for them uh, as well. Cedric Eaton. There's another um, big dilemma um, for Steven Gerrard. Uh, maybe picking his eleven is going to be a dilemma enough because he's got such a, a strong squad. But there there has been lots of talk, hasn't there, over the last six months um, about Nathan Patterson. And James Tavernier, and can you put them both in the same team? Is that something that's going to happen? Well, clearly, it's something that is occupying a bit of time in the head of the Rangers manager. Yeah, we're going to consider it because they're two really good players, but it's not going to happen at the flick of a switch. You know, it's something we're going to have to work on and train, and we'll have to get them used to it. And they're two fantastic players, so I can't have one of them on the bench for every game of the season, that's for sure. There'll be times when it'll suit us there'll be times when I don't need it but it is something that is on my mind and it is something that we're going to experiment with I saw your eyebrows going up there and, and mine did too at, at that little phrase within that answer from Stephen Gerrard where he said um, we can't have one of them on the bench all, all season, season long it's almost as if he's bracketing them both you know in terms of yeah. importance to him obviously one is a rookie and one's, a, one's the club captain but there's a real battle for, for that position and he obviously is looking at ways of, on occasions, manoeuvring them both into the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think on this programme, Rob, just three, four months ago, you know, I think with Paul and, and, and Barry and myself were debating, you know, would you possibly send Nathan Patterson out on loan um, next season? And we thought, well, you know, you wonder if, if he would, but clearly he's beyond that now. You know, he's not going anywhere. He's staying at Rangers and he's got a contribution Make. And it kind of strikes me going by what Stephen Gerrard's saying there. It's like the what the Scotland team managers have had. 
in the past three or four years has been yeah. Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson. Because I'm going to say there are two better players, really, really good players, and we need to get them in the team. And it took till eventually Steve Clark found a way because he, he decided to go with a back three because Kieran Tierney had been playing that position for Arsenal and Robertson fought it in. So the decision was made and it worked very well uh, for Scotland. It was certainly better than having Kieran Tierney at right back. That's for sure. So now it'll be interesting to see what Stephen Jenner comes up with. And I think Tavernier will always be like his first pick ahead of Nathan Patterson. And then it's what, does, does Tavernier actually go up one? And, and and play as a as a as a right midfielder and and um, Patterson in behind him, or does he look at a back three? We want him to get up and down. I mean, one thing Patterson's got is a fantastic turn of pace. Mm. I mean, he's really really quick, um, but he's also good going forward um, as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that um, unfolds over the course of the season. Um, but you've got two guys there that are. Uh, you know, really going to be going at it, and I've, I've said that, that that you know because James Tavernier is the captain, yeah, but it won't guarantee him a pick. You know, if Nathan Patterson's shown up better on training, and and Stephen Gerrard decides no, it's either it's one or other at right backs. So I'm not going to change my team middle to front to accommodate mm. both of you. Then that's a, that's an interesting yeah. battle of but a great problem for Stephen it's, Gerrard it is, to have. It is a nice problem, but as you say, maybe he's having the sort of thoughts that Stevie Clark had way back then about. Tierney and Robertson and I mean Stephen Gerrard's team you've you've always known uh, in the last couple of seasons how he the, the formation the shape of Rangers it, it was unchanging and he just slotted people in and out of that same formation you know clearly he may have to change that formation for the first time as Rangers manager if he's going to fit them both into the team yeah I mean see he'll have options though um, you think the new players that have arrived as well one or two that might go so he always did like the 4-3 Three, you know, like two two wide men, you you good three solid uh, midfielders, central midfielders. So yeah, he could flip it um, about Rob. But but one thing that that Stephen Gerrard and his coaching staff like to do, if they're, if they're going to change things, they like to work on them. They don't just turn up on a on a Friday morning at training yeah. and say, oh, by the way, guys, we're we're going to move to a back three tomorrow. You know, they work on something. They work behind. They're probably working in different formations behind the scenes just now and then. If they do decide to tinker something based on the opposition or just says oh, no, I really need to get Paps and Tavernier in my team today I want to find a way to get the two of them and because the two of them are absolutely flying and I can't afford to leave one of them mm. I don't want to leave one of them sitting on the bench so let's go and try something different so good options and it'll be interesting to see if he does tinker here and there away from the, the 43 I think he did in one of the games against Celtic um, last season the second half of the season mm. he, he made a kind of a, a, a tactical um, change and Rangers um, won the game you know, before it I think he just kind of brought a wee surprise um, on Celtic so they've certainly got that in their locker So Rangers against Malmo or HJK Helsinki a couple of weeks away to the first leg of that one which is uh, away from home either in Sweden or in Finland uh, Celtic against Michelin tomorrow night we've spoken about it um, second qualifying round 9,000 uh, fans there for that one if Celtic can get through and it does seem like a tall order at the moment uh, they will play PSV Eindhoven or Galatasaray in the, the third qualifying round so uh, if Celtic get over one big hurdle yeah. tomorrow th there's another massive one facing them as well yeah it is I mean I I fancy um, Mitterland to go through but but it's not a gimme Rob you know Mitterland have got a new coach as well you know Bo Henriksen has got in there they're changing their squad a little bit. You know, a couple of players have left, a couple of new ones um, coming in. They had a good pre-season uh, training camp um, in Poland, by all accounts. 
I expect me to land to the through, but I'm not ruling Celtic out. You know, but if Celtic, if if for example tomorrow night, if if Edward starts a game, I think he will. You know, if he's up for it, mm. you know, if he wants to go and to go and put a performance in and, and help the team, you know, if Ange Postecoglou can get something out of him, in behind him, you, you you've got Turnbull, you've possibly got Forrest, you've definitely got McGregor, so they, they they will create chances. It's just about what Edward's going to turn up. Yeah. Tomorrow night, yeah. you know, if, if it's the Edward who is a fantastic player, a composed finisher, um, then you know Celtic have absolutely got a chance. Um, of winning the game but over the two legs I think Meteorland will, will, will just get through and Lee, Griff, Lee Griffiths is back on the scene um, yep. and, and available for, for tomorrow night and and presumably he's he's going to feature you would imagine at some stage even if off the bench yep it, it could well do we'll just wait and see how Celtic handle that uh, whole situation but he's, he's in the squad um, he's available for selection but he's missed part of the training um, camp he's missed being together he's, he's missed working with Ange Postecoglou yes he knows most of the guys that are at the club but in terms of what the manager wants and, and what the manager uh, is looking for he's missed that for, for 10 days or so so um, that's why I think Edward is so important to tomorrow night we pretty much all expect Edward to be sold at some stage certainly before the, the end of the window um, in August but while he's at the club um, you'd like to think that he's got the appetite to go and make a a contribution and they don't come much bigger than, than the Champions League qualifier tomorrow night. Mark Weedy and Rob McLean talking football till six. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. With Rob McLean and Mark Guidi uh, talking football uh, for the next 15 minutes on Glasgow's own Go Radio. Hopefully you've had a good day and are still having a good day in the west of Scotland. Sunshine. Just recapping on the European draws made today. Just uh, charting uh, the possibilities for the Scottish clubs if they can get over their first hurdles. The first hurdle for Rangers will be Malmo or HJK Helsinki. That's in the Champions League third qualifying round. Two weeks away. Uh, for the away game and then the 10th of August back at Ibrox for Steven Gerrard and his team looking to get into the Champions League group stages. How does that sound? Of course, in a year's time, the Scottish champions will be straight into the group stages. Celtic against Michelin uh, tomorrow night. If they win that one, if they can win over the two legs, they will play PSV or Galatasaray in the third qualifying round. Now, the losers of that PSV uh, Galatasaray game will play the Scottish Cup winners St Johnston in the Europa League third qualifying round the Perth team back in Europe for the first time in four years won the League Cup won the Scottish Cup uh, last season and uh, Mark that's a massive match coming up for them isn't it? Yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one you know real excitement uh, around Perth for that uh, tie I said at the top of the show Rob Burnley counts PSV Eindhoven getting into that tie um, slight favourites and um, I'm sure for St John's that would probably be uh, better to, to make the short trip to, to Holland rather than the long journey um, to, to Istanbul albeit you know just the way things are just now with red zones and stuff anyway you can never take anything for granted um, so it might end up being, being in a neutral uh, venue but just brilliant for Callum Davis and the players to be involved in European football there are so many ifs and buts and maybes about these European draws uh, because if Celtic lose over two legs to Michelin, then they will play the Czech team uh, Jablonets in the Europa League third qualifying round. So there is uh, that safety net uh, for Celtic 
Um, and European football might continue for them, even if it's not going to be in the Champions League qualification uh, campaign. Hibs play Santa Coloma of Andorra. That's on Thursday night at Easter Road. Um, in the second qualifying round that leads to the Europa Conference League. Hope you're following all this. I'll be asking questions later. Uh, if they win that one, they play the Croatian team Rijeka. You might have heard of them because they've played Aberdeen a couple of times in recent seasons. Or the Maltese team, you won't have heard of them. Gazira United, it sounds a little bit made up, potentially. Uh, but that's what awaits Hibs if they can get through their uh, ties starting on Thursday night. Aberdeen face uh, the Swedish team BK Hecken on Thursday at Petodre. Uh, if they win uh, that tie, then they will play Austria, Vienna or Breda Bleak, uh, the Icelandic team. And I think it is, uh, well, it's very intriguing probably for all of Scottish football at the moment, Mark, about uh, what we're going to see from Aberdeen this season. Uh, Scott Brown is the new uh, team captain. Um, uh, Joe Lewis is still the club captain. Um, Declan Gallagher is in there, but I gather he's suspended for, for Thursday night because of uh, going back to Motherwell in uh, Europe, a suspension carried over. Uh, so they would have they could have done with him against a team, I think, who are reviving, according to Johan Mialbi, in, in Swedish football at the moment. So it, it could be a tough one. But, but I think generally intriguing about uh, what we're going to get from Aberdeen because they, they, I guess they were a bit of a letdown last season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, looking at Aberdeen and Dundee United, we're really intrigued to see how it works out for both clubs. You know, new managers get in, young managers, um, and experienced. Um, so, yeah, for for both of them, and I think that they play each other in the opening day of the season, Rob, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, in the Premier League. But, uh, yeah, certainly for Aberdeen, European tie, you know, Derek McInnes on a couple of occasions nearly got Aberdeen into the, the group stages once or twice. The draw was unlucky. Very unfortunate one time to get Burnley, though. They, they, they did take Sean Dyche's team very, very close. I remember, I think it was um, Ferguson got a, a Lewis Ferguson scored the overhead, overhead kick. kick. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant um, yeah. that night. But yeah, over the piece for, for Aberdeen, um, you know, Derek McInnes got a lot of criticism towards the end of his reign, but he was consistent for them over a seven or eight year um, period. And it'll be a, a, a big ask for, for Stephen Glass to go and do the same, to consistently get them into to the European football. Um, having a crack at it cup semi-finals cup finals so he's made a few changes as you say Scott Brown's a new club captain that makes sense all day long and the likes of uh, G. Emmanuel Thomas got up there um, to Declan Gallagher so you know, there's been two or three really good signings on, on paper I expect Aberdeen to do well but you, you just never know you spoke about Scott Brown there. We're going to hear from Callum McGregor in a moment uh, about being officially installed as the Celtic captain. But a couple of interesting signings elsewhere in Scottish football uh, today. Uh, Andrew Shinney um, has joined Livingston. Now, he did, uh, obviously, he was a big player initially with Inverness Cali Thistle. He was at Hibs at one stage as well. He was with Birmingham down south, uh, Luton Town, uh, a Scotland cap against Luxembourg and in 2012, nine years ago, capped, capped by Scotland. But he's a player of, of real quality. Graham Shinney's brother, of course, uh, heading heading Livingston's way. That's an interesting signing, isn't it? Yeah, as we know, I think David Martindale's realised, you know, well, he, he probably knew already, but it just, um, you know, would have made up his mind for him on Saturday, you know, losing to, to Barry Ferguson's Alloa, that he's going to have to go and get um, reinforcements and he, he's not wasted any time. They've gone and got Andrew Shinney, as you, as you said, not seen him much at all, Rob, in the past couple of years, to be perfectly honest. But he comes with a good pedigree. He's, I'm sure he's improved as a player. Certainly more experienced from his time um, down south. And um, on paper, that looks to be a, a good addition to the to the, the, the Livingston team. 
Another interesting one is Killian Sheridan, um, ex of Celtic. He spells at Motherwell, St Johnston, Kilmarnock as well. Like Andrew Shinney, he's 32, uh, but he's a player of some ability and he's signed on with Dundee. Yeah, much travelled. I mean, I think he's played in some of the most uh, obscure um, uh, cities uh, in, in European football, Killian Sheridan. So, yeah, broken under uh, Gordon Strachan, I think, many years ago at Celtic, 14, 15 years ago, and um, ha- has travelled. Uh, all over the place so uh, again uh, if he can come back put some roots down really get into it uh, and James McPake and his staff will work hard with with Killing Chen and then he'll have plenty of experience going from as well and could be a good addition to the, to the Dundee team In the last few minutes of the show let's focus again on where we started on the show which was talking about Celtic and that big match uh, tomorrow night against Mitchelland and the Champions League qualifiers and of course today's news that Callum McGregor has been confirmed as the new club captain Well, he definitely you know, has. It's, it's obviously a massive honour to, to be named club captain, to, to come through the, the youth academy to where I am now. Um, it's a very proud day for myself, my family, everyone connected with myself. Um, so first of all, I just want to say thanks to the manager as well for that. Um, it's a huge honour and you know I can't wait to get to work and, you know, and, and build something here. He's a really impressive character, isn't he? Isn't yeah. he, Callum McGregor? Um, and in many ways, I suppose, he, he might be emerging from the shadow of Scott Brown here. He's a different personality. He's a different character. There, there is only one Scott Brown. I think we'd probably all agree on that. But uh, Callum McGregor is going to be a great leader for Celtic, isn't he? And, and they need, at, this, at this stage, uh, they desperately need him as well, don't they? Yeah, he, he needs... Um... He needs to be a good leader, and I'm sure he will be. But but what he also needs, because what made Scott Brown such a good captain for Celtic was he had other captains round about him, yeah. people he could rely on in the dressing room to help him run the dressing room, like Callum McGregor. So Callum McGregor's now stepped up. But you look around now, and Callum McGregor, we think, right, I need three or four guys to form you know the kind of dressing room committee and who who Callum McGregor will go for. But if you said you're looking at the team, they're probably just a wee bit short. At the moment of of leaders, Chris, Christopher been, Julian would be one, wouldn't he? Yeah, if he can get him back, he's a, you know, Aya would have been another, but 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 he's um, leaving. Forest is a leader, but in a, in a different um, sort of way. So I think um, Celtic have lacked um, leaders uh, in a wee while, and um, Callum McGregor has been, as you said, it's it's a great story for Celtic and for him to come through. You know, the the the, the academy at whatever age it was, you know, fourteen, fifteen years old. Um, and becoming, you know, a solid player for the club um, in the past seven years, and uh, particularly under Brendan Rodgers, he was absolutely outstanding, pivotal to what Celtic yeah. um, achieved during that two or three uh, year period. Um, and now he's got to go and kick on again. Um, I think by his own standards, his his levels of consistency weren't what they were um, under um, Brendan Rodgers, and that could be for a number of reasons. But now there's a new manager. He's a new captain and he has got to go and lead uh, by example, but he needs help and they need to go and get some some strong players, strong personalities, experienced boys in there to help him go, and, go on to become a title-winning captain 10 months from now. We've already heard from Ange Postacoglu in the show speaking on the back of uh, the defeat uh, at Celtic Park against Preston at the weekend, uh, sounding pretty concerned about the game tomorrow. This was uh, Ange speaking today. We had a good session today. Um, you know, we got uh, a few more bodies out there in terms of players who were kind of had some niggly injuries that 
didn't play on the weekend and um, yeah the, the squad was nice and, and bright and energetic and uh, as Cal's already said it's an important fixture for the football club uh, important fixture for our year ahead so I'm um, looking forward to it yeah, he sounds a bit more, a bit brighter and a bit more upbeat today, doesn't he, than, than he was after the match. Uh, although he did have some quite harsh things to say. Um, he said today during that news conference, we probably hesitated a couple of times talking about the club and could have moved faster on some things. Talking about transfer business, of course, Carl Starfelt, we hear, has gone through his medical, but there's still no sign of him um, having turned up. Uh, the manager said that hasn't helped us in normal circumstances. These processes are fairly straightforward. Get a player, sign him, take him on a plane, take a photo and away he goes. Uh, that process is now taking two or three weeks. That's where uh, we've got to move a little bit more precisely, understand there's going to be lag time uh, and move a bit quicker. So he's clearly uh, handing a message out there um, to the the movers and shakers at Celtic who maybe haven't been moving and shaking quickly enough. Yeah, maybe just not anticipated some of the red tape that would be um, involved, uh, Rob, particularly just with with the, the COVID different regulations going about as well. But clearly, when when you look at it, um, as we said, Celtic are getting in with with the back line that we think that they'll go in with tomorrow night. It's it's a, it's a big ask uh, for that back line. It's not the back line that Ange Postecoglou would want to go no. in with. He'd clearly want more experience. That goes without saying. And, and every, that's with every no time, disrespect yeah, to the players who will play tomorrow night. But that doesn't look to to me like a defence is going to get you through a Champions League quality, albeit Mitterland are not top draw mm. but they're a solid enough they're a capable uh, European side and they will cause Celtic's uh, problems tomorrow night so it's up to Barkas to to really go and show that he is a capable goalkeeper as yet we haven't seen that from him but tomorrow night is a perfect time for him to start Mark thanks a lot and good luck to Celtic uh, tomorrow night sounds like they're going to need it but it's a tough game will they rise to the challenge uh, we'll be building up to that one when we return on the Go Radio Football Show uh, tomorrow live at 5 The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5